Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. This is going to be huge. Welcome. You are Locked On, the Dallas Mavericks, I hope. My name is Nick Anksid writer at MavsMoneyBall.com, and I am joined by my co-host at Seeing Stars Podcast, Josh Dack, and the fan phenom from 105.3. Josh, how you doing? Good, man. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm great. I am joined by the fan phenom. Josh, explain to the listeners just how you beat me in the fan phenom. Oh, gosh. Se- no. <laughs> several listeners were curious how anyone the, beat me in the fan phenom. The truth the truth comes out. <laughs> the truth comes out that this is how he truly feels. So the, uh, the, the congratulations have stopped. But, uh, no, it's this was an incredible opportunity that 105 Through the Fan had afforded to the fan listeners. Um, and it was a co- uh, competition where – they're trying to fill kind of a weekend on-air spot, and we're willing to do that by looking at their, their own listeners. And, um, you know, there was about 700 people that came out and auditioned, and me and Nick actually went together and so had weird. a great... Yeah, yeah, we went together, had a great time, and for whatever reason, out of like 700 people, they picked three finalists, and me and Nick were two of the three finalists, which was incredible and crazy as is, and... Then we kind of, in a way, went head-to-head in a uh, kind of our finalist audition, which I, I don't think you can really call it head-to-head at that point. It's, we it's recorded really just... a, a full hour, and I remember announcing this on the podcast, but we, we went a full hour separately on the on the fan with uh, Jonathan Shipman, Shippy Fun Tweets, yep, or Shippy Fun Sports, and uh, Kevin from uh, Kevin, from yeah, KNC. The Ke- Kevin Hagland, oh thank Kevin from uh, the uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah from the KNC masterpiece and yeah for you know I don't know how they picked me very obviously very excited very blessed but I will tell um, avid locked on Mavs listeners that you guys have a good one and Nick and he is not far behind me in any way shape or form in many ways he's a lot smarter than me and. And I'm really just kind of good at a few things in life, just kind of eating tacos and talking sports. So that's about it. That's that's what I bring to the table. And talking Rangers baseball. He blows me away in that category, which is uh, they're the, the 105.3 is the flagship for Rangers. So that is that was kind of my, my handicap going into the competition because six months ago, I did not care who was on the Rangers at all. <laughs> <laughs> I can I can attest to that. I can attest to that. So but it was fun. All right, enough about ourselves. We're here to talk about the Dallas Mavericks. They have played three preseason games. Isaac and I have talked about one of them already. We actually talked about it as the game was still going on. Uh, we recorded the the lock the last lockdown we did in during the fourth quarter. And this one, I really hope you guys are able to to listen to it. We're recording this in just this the weirdest way we could have chosen. Uh, we had some technical difficulties on on my side, and so. We are uh, recording this 
sort of in this feels like the stone age except for i'm sitting in front of you know a thousand dollars worth of equipment but yeah and i think that uh this is how i kind of picture the pioneers of podcasting doing it like they had to they had to like find a weird way to broadcast and podcast and you know we're just we're paying homage to uh our forefathers so we definitely are so all right let's talk about mavericks basketball so i know i, I saw you at the uh the first preseason game uh, you did which you forgot about against but, the bucks uh, okay. yeah i did forget because i texted you uh and said hey have you watched any mavs basketball so far this year and you were like i saw you at the first game <laughs> the first game <laughs> It's been it's been quite the week, ladies and gentlemen. Lady and gentlemen, there's probably two ladies that listen to this. Uh, Maddie Clenard, which who you know. Ah, oh, shout out! Yeah, what's up, Maddie? <laughs> she listens, and uh, Isaac's wife, who is probably not listening right now. Those are our two female listeners. The only two. Great. That's you know that's that's strong. <laughs> that is a strong listening. So, anything stick out to you so far? Anything that is out of the the ordinary? The Mavericks have won two of their games, and they got blown out tonight by the, the by the Orlando Magic. Uh, I had a piece go up today on Mavs Moneyball about the Maverick the the Magic timeline, and I wanted to talk to you about that a little later. But they got blown out by the Magic today, in in part because in that piece I mentioned that, <laughs> that the, even if the Mavericks sat like two or three of their best players, they would still beat the Magic. And sure. the Mavericks went out and they won up to me and they sat not only their two best, not only probably two of their best players in, in you know, in, in Harrison Barnes, Wes Matthews and Dirk, but they also sat JJ, Devin Harris. They sat Nerlens Noel. They sat Dorian Finney Smith, Josh McRoberts, and even coach Carlisle didn't. That's show. what I'm saying. Are you <laughs> kidding me? You, he was talking, you know, coach Carlisle in the, in the presser had said that, if you if there was anybody who was a really old guy, they were probably not making the trip. I didn't think that he was talking about himself necessarily. But when your coach doesn't make the trip, do you have much confidence going into uh, into this game? <laughs> didn't even make the trip to Orlando. That was the mo- that was the funniest part to me. That he just <laughs> let's be honest. Let's be honest. His wife had dinner plans for them, and he could not say no. <laughs> there was, was a like, concert he season- wanted to go to that he just. <laughs> Yeah, season was about to get started, and they priorities come in, you know, come intact. So <laughs> had to had to take care of things on the home run. Not much to report from this mad this magic game. I'm about halfway through it right now. I, I eventually found the uh, the live stream that was archived on Mavs.com. You guys can go to that right now. I tweeted that out. So go to at Nick Van Exit. You can go find the archive if you weren't able to watch it. But the majority of DFW was not able to watch this game. League Pass didn't have it. You know, it wasn't on Fox Sports Southwest or Fox Sports Southwest Plus or anything like that. It was only live stream on Mavs.com. And if you didn't have your location services on or if you weren't in the DFW area or Dallas area specifically, you weren't able to watch it. Like, I wasn't able to watch it <laughs> until I'm now just now seeing the replay. So, And you literally have a podcast about <laughs> the Mavericks. So it. considering that you weren't able to watch it, yeah, most it was people a, probably It was a problem. Able. Yeah, no, somebody tweeted at me. I think it was Underdog tweeted me and said, uh, like, oh, you can go on you know, YouTube and find these streams and blah, blah. And I was like, I write for Mavs Moneyball and host the everyday Locked On Mavericks. And you are more dedicated at this than I am. Yeah. Just more dedicated. So uh, the only couple of things I wanted to note from this game after you know accumulating some some information from it is that Seth Curry threw a uh, lobbed Dennis Smith Jr. And I want to bring that up, first of all, because it's awesome. And second of all, because 
Isaac and I had, had talked about, you know, Dennis having to play off the ball. And that's something he's never really done. But it's also going to afford him opportunities like that. He might not be the best catch and shoot, you know, shooter at this point in his career. But he's also going to be afforded these opportunities to go baseline and to, you know, to cut back door and to get these lobs from guys like Seth and hopefully JJ, Yogi, yeah. even Dirk, you know, guys like that that are able to just find him. And so that's a dangerous wrinkle in his game that not a lot of point guards have. Josh, how many point guards in the NBA do you think could catch a lob and, and throw it down? Oh, like, like six, three point guards that could do that. Man. I don't know if there's any that are really like, you know, popping off the top of my head of just, like, I mean, West maybe Russ. Yeah. Russ. West definitely. Ooh. I think, in, in, I think John Wall could throw one down. You think, let me ask you this. You think, you think Damian Lillard could get up and get one? Yeah. Yeah. I think Damian Lillard could get one. Okay, Probably. so maybe three. Are they all in the Western Conference? Yeah, right. <laughs> they, I can't think of any of these. I mean, Isaiah's not. I, Kyrie might be able to. Like, he, like it'd you, be a rim grazer. Yeah, you might be able to find Kyrie. He'll he'd do a layup though. He'd do like that. Uh, <laughs> you know that turn like uh, roll it around like what Dominique Wilkins did on that one dunk. He would yeah, probably yeah, do yeah. that first. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not thinking of any more. I mean, it's it's super. Uh, Lonzo caught one the other night. I I saw he caught a lob, but he's like, yeah, six, that's. Six. I mean, yeah, he's he is for his size, maybe not his athletic ability and his skill set, but just size wise, he's he's out of position. Yeah, being, you know, being a point guard, but you know that's you know that's a testament to him. And there's a reason why he went number two overall. And kind of you know it shows flashes, and I know a lot of Mavs fans are probably cringing if I'm going to say this name, but I mean it. It, it was kind of Roddy Bobois calling. How dare you? The, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but let's <laughs> let's just be honest about what it is. I mean, that was Roddy Bobois' calling card. Was that kind of you know off ball screen? You know, go run at the hoop and let me throw you an oop. And he could get up there and do that, but that was all he could do. The great part about Dennis Smith Jr. and things that we've seen early in preseason is the fact that I didn't think that this guy was as highly touted of a defenseman as yeah. I thought he as he's shown. You know, he's been extremely active on the defensive side. He's he's shown well of jumping, you know, passes and you know getting his his hands in there, being active. And I've be, I've been really impressed with the defensive part of the part of his game. I think as Coach Carlisle did saying that. I he that he would call him a better defensive player than he is an offensive player right now, and in that in a lot of ways, that's a compliment. Yeah, that that's a huge compliment, and hopefully, we don't take that comp that compliment and be like, "Well, man, maybe he sucks on both ends. Like, maybe he just <laughs> maybe <laughs> yeah. he just can't do either." But no, I think that was a huge compliment from Carlisle, especially a team that you know wants to be really good on defense and has some liabilities on that end already. Uh, but this team was top fifteen last year in, in defense, so they they you know they know how to play defense. There's some good defenders on there, and I think you know that is an, an awesome compliment from Carlisle, and that's a good sign so far um, from him. I have one question that's gonna that's gonna hit you right in the funny bone. You ready? Okay. This was tweeted at me from. Uh, at I am Gibbs. He's also in our uh, Locked On Fantasy League. Shout out to him. Awesome. He says, and we've been calling John Clavel, we've been calling him Jiverson because somebody on Twitter who will remain nameless, he is on the Dalt right. He named, he said that John Clavel was Iverson esque. First of all, what, do you, only, what do you think the, about the, that? 
The only thing that reminds me that kind of the similarity between, you know, John Clavell and Allen Iverson would be the current hairstyle, which I'm not a fan of. <laughs> um, I, I don't like kind of the double braid going down both sides of the head. It may work for him. Um, similarities. I mean, he's, he's a tenacious guard and he shows, you know, he's gritty. I would, I would say he's more of a three and D type guy, but no, I don't, I don't see the, the overwhelming similarities no, in the game. I don't either. Anyway, but that being said, I am Gibbs tweeted us and said, please convince me Jiverson. That's what we've been calling him. Jiverson. Okay. Just because of the joke. Yeah. Isn't John Jenkins 2.0? No, stop. That's not true. <laughs> Why That's, convince me that he's not? He's way he's he's way more active on D. Okay, because I think I think John I think John Jenkins in many ways uh, knew that his his calling card was was the three and staying out on the perimeter and being a guy who I I don't remember a whole lot of hustling back on defense and I think I don't know if he the remembers day, hustling back on defense. yeah I don't think yeah even going back to his time I did he was a Vanderbilt alum if I remember correctly um, but no, John Jenkins uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't say they uh, they're much similar either I think John Clavel brings in he's kind of you know your your you know point guard undersized two guard who you bring in in defensive situations maybe if you want to talk about kind of a deshaun stevenson starter pack oh i'm okay with that you know I'm okay i don't know i mean underrated it's definitely better uh, than iverson <laughs> yeah underrated i i like him a lot i think that carlisle likes likes what he brings to the table and um i you know, I, I think he, at least at this point in preseason, he's the front runner to take that second two-way spot. Yeah, definitely. And Isaac and I have a bet on who would make this roster, and it was John Clavel and PJ Dozier. And he tried, he tried to convince me so bad during the summer, and he just kept, you know, talking about it and saying, "I think, you know, I think Dozier's going to make the roster." Blah blah blah. And I like almost went back on it. I almost said, like, yeah. And then people were tweeting me, and they're like, "Yeah, I think you know Dozier over." Clavel and all this stuff, and I, I held to it. I held to it. That's my guy because I had inside info from my, you know, my guy Edgar from Puerto Rico. You know, mm-hmm. definitely, you know, shout out to him and uh, you know his family and everything they're going through in Puerto Rico right now. But I had inside info from him that you know John's going to be good. That he is, you know, has the stuff to be an NBA player. He came in. He's proven me right. Carlisle's been playing him a lot, and he said that he has a good chance to, you know, to stick around and stay on the roster. So, if you had to pick between the two. Dozier or John Clavel? Who are you going with right now? Oh, I'm. I I've been pretty vocal to you as well. I think kind of you know off you know off the record and now on the record that I I'm a big Clavel fan. I I like his game. He's really impressive to me. Um, you know, if you're talking measurable wise, I understand what appeals to you in you know PJ Dozier and the fact that he's a six five six six point guard. I think I said to you the other day, Nick, that it just looks like his speed taps out at about like a 68, 70, and he just doesn't go faster than that. Yeah. And I don't know if it's his size that, you know, that limits him from getting much faster, but I just think there's, with Clavel, I think there's just another gear there. Like he's, he is a competitor and maybe he's not, you know, the most basketball IQ talented guy out on the court. But I don't know many players that I've seen, you know, especially at this point in the year of guys who are trying to win a job 
guys who are willing to work harder than he is. And I think that goes a long way in the eyes of one Rick Carlisle. Oh, definitely. And he's, he's called out his, you know, his fighter mentality already. Um, and that is, you know, it's, it's tough to, tr- to try to make those comparisons and say, not comparison, but it's tough to make that description of him uh, because of his past. We have to, you know, we have to note that he was involved sure. in domestic violence abuse uh, situation. Yeah, yeah. So in college, but you know, Carlisle said that he's, you know, he's a fighter, and he'll, you know, he'll, he'll, he's be gritty and come back. And in that comeback in the game uh, against the the Bucks that you were at, he was, you know, mm-hmm. instrumental in that, definitely. And and kind of that point as well. I was you know watching him in in uh, you know pregame shoot around, watching him as he was coming out in the second half and shooting around, and it just looked. I mean, looked to looked to me that his shot just wasn't falling and it wasn't on. And you know just to just to give him you know a testament and to uh, you know compliment compliment Clavel is that you know he. He worked past not having the shot, and he still found a way to impact the game, which was really impressive to me in a guy who's not getting a whole lot of minutes and probably won't get minutes uh, starting the year but is fighting for an NBA roster spot. And that's what you look for for guys on the end of the bench. You look for guys that are able to do something else besides, you know, have, you know that don't have to have the basketball in their hands because they're going to make it on the merits of other qualities of their game. They're not necessarily going to make right. it just on, you know, if you ha- like you have to have the basketball, like, <laughs> like if Jeff Green was a way worse, you know, player on all levels, it'd be really hard for him to make rosters just because he, you know, gets buckets every once in a while. <laughs> you know, like, like if a guy like sure, that sure. was just the, the caliber of player. But I look at Dozier, and I'm I go back Dozier and Dozier, all, you know, back and forth. I don't know which. I like the sound. I like the sound of Dozier. It yeah. it, it gives it a uh, it gives it just kind of an extra like pinch of flair. <laughs> Dozier is like a bulldozer. Like I just imagine Bob the Builder. Like. <laughs> I just, I mean, talking about baseball, I just think of Brian Dozier, who's the second baseman for the Minnesota Twins, and just a short little guy who hits a lot of home runs and strikes out a lot. He did not hit enough home runs, though. RIP to the Twins season. (laughs) Yeah, it's over. It's It's uh, done for them. (laughs) (laughs) RIP Twinnies. If you guys are Rangers fans, go listen to the Seeing Stars podcast. The last one we did, we did eulogies for the Rangers. Uh, We both laughed pretty hard after (laughs) after two So go ahead and go listen to that. Uh, I put the times in the description as well, so you can just skip to it. Um, Dozier, though, he reminds me of Kyle Anderson, slow-mo, for the – he used to play for UCLA and now is on the Spurs. He's that kind of a guy. Anderson might be a better shooter than him and probably is a better shooter uh, than him at his age. But that slow mentality that you kind of say, like, you know, he's not like a super explosive athlete. At least we haven't seen it yet. Maybe he's just being timid. Like, maybe we just haven't seen him jump and, you know, get into stuff yet. Like, maybe that's just not yeah. something we've seen so far. But he's just kind of that fluid sort of athlete. And we've seen a couple moves. We've seen him go to the basket. We've seen, you know, those flips into the basket. Uh, I've seen him in practice and in, in training camp a little bit make some shots. Uh, and they were kind of going in, you know, in, in practice. That's just not something you want to say about a guard. <laughs> you know, like, they, they were kind of going in. That's just I, not encouraging. Uh, he puts know. a ton of arc on his shot. You can tell he's really, really worked on it. Uh, you know, guys like this at this level, they know what their one weakness is, especially if it's shooting. It's just so glaring. Uh, it's kind of hard to get past. But, yeah, I mean, Clavel has, you know, the upper hand right now. And I'm actually surprised because I thought that, you know, Dozier, the ability for him to play the three was going to be huge on this team with a team that just doesn't have any wings. But 
Carlisle, or not Carlisle, he wasn't even there tonight, but Melvin Hunt played, you know, Clavel at the three tonight, and Carlisle has as well in the first couple of games. So if, you know, if they're going to play those guys there, you know, if, he, if they think he can be a three, then Clavel, I think, is going to make this team. Or at least absolutely. And, and you know who I think would be a great person for him to look at moving forward is Wesley Matthews. Because I yeah. think that, you know, as, as a, another undrafted guard, somebody coming out of Marquette who probably shouldn't have been undrafted, he carved out a niche for himself doing just that. Exactly. By by being, you know, ready, coming off the bench, being a 3 and D guy for Portland and got himself a contract coming to Dallas, who he was one of my favorite, one of my favorite non-Mavericks before he got here. Now he's gotten a bad rap since he's been here, but it's not from lack of effort. No. I mean, I don't think you'd ever say Wesley Matthews doesn't try. So, no, certainly not. Some people would say that he tries too many things that he shouldn't try. <laughs> mm, okay. <laughs> I get I get that. I, I don't necessarily agree with it, but I get it. Okay, Kevin, for the grand prize of $1 million, what color is the White House? Um, I know this. I know this. I know this. Um, five seconds. Oh, switching to Geico could save you a bunch of money on car insurance? Okay. Judges? That's true, Kevin. They'll allow it. Congratulations. You're a winner. Geico, because saving 15% or more on car insurance is always a great answer. All right, Josh, one more thing I want to get to you before we finish up here is the... We're talking about most of the the end of the bench guys so far because that's who that's who played tonight. <laughs> just all the yeah, all the end right. of the bench guys. I mean, right? You had Wayans in there a ton. You had you know uh, Salah was you know starting the game. You had Dwight Powell started the game. You know, just guys like that. But the last guy I want to talk to you about, Jeff with three. Oh my gosh, with three. I'm so excited. Have you been working on that? No. Have you just have, has Avery just been extremely annoyed with you around the house, just yelling with three all night? Laker, Laker has been annoyed with me. My dog has been sitting here just going, "Why do you keep yelling that?" that does... <laughs> this doesn't make sense. No, Jeff with three, with three. I'm just going to call him that. Three for four from three tonight. He is a legit seven foot, maybe even a little taller than that. He uh, defends the rim pretty well, and he hits threes now. Uh, when I talked to Sala Measure after the first game, uh, I was doing the preview for Sala for Mavs Moneyball that I still haven't done yet. But I was talking to him about the competition, and he told me that you know Jeff Withy has the green light from from Carlisle to you know to shoot three point shots whenever he wants. <laughs> Like, and whenever he's able to, and that blew my mind. I I keep saying it. I've tweeted it several, several times because it just blew my mind so much that, you know, this guy all of a sudden out of nowhere has, you know, this three point shot. It's almost like Brooke Lopez. Remember when Brooke Lopez, yeah, like just never took threes. And then last year, all of a sudden just started taking all these threes. (laughs) Man, if you, and if you try to go back and look at Jeff with these highlight tape from utah it, it, it is the most boring thing you will ever watch because it's just a bunch of putbacks and just a bunch of layups it's really boring and i said what is exciting about this now i remember jeff Withy coming out of kansas and being a you know being a rim protector which was great and um you know i, I like the big white dude I, i'm one of them so i feel like we're like kindred spirits i'm but you josh is but yeah. josh is six foot seven and i am six foot three so we are <laughs> we make up the tallest locked on pods podcast uh Probably. at least 
At least for guest and guest appearances. I don't yeah. know. Maybe we want to check on that. We had but Harrison yeah, Barnes no. on last week, so he, okay. he beats so you there. He, got it. But not well. No, but I, so, but, I, yeah. before this season, Jeff Withy attempted four threes in the NBA in his entire NBA career. That's four years. He only took four threes. He missed all of them. <laughs> I want to know what Carlisle has seen in the preseason and in training camp practice that we have not. Because he's he's playing playing Jan at three, he's coming out openly saying that Nerlens Noel isn't going to start. And he doesn't care. Now he's letting <laughs> Jeff Withy just start chucking up threes. I th- guys, I think Rick Carlisle has begun the "I don't give a crap about what you say" portion of his career. I don't know if he began that now, but it is definitely in effect. Uh, two of Jeff Withy's. Four three-point attempts in his career were heaves, meaning that was like at the at the shot clock, and he took them from like past half court. So they weren't even like legit. So he's literally only taken two legit threes in his entire career, and now he, he just made three in one game. That's what I'm saying. He took as many tonight as he's taken in his, taken in his entire NBA career. There's something wrong. <laughs> What is happening? I just don't I don't know. And people were all excited about it on Twitter. Uh Josh Lloyd who hosts the uh, Locked On Fantasy was like, "Ooh, Jeff Withy taking threes now." Like, you know, he's got all excited for fantasy purposes. People were tweeting me, "Does Jeff Withy have a chance to start for the Mavericks?" <laughs> stop. Stop it. <laughs> just quit it. I was stop like, asking these questions. I was like, "No, there's no chance. He has a chance to make the roster." Which is what I want to talk to you about. The last thing we'll get to. Okay. Sure. Jeff Withy or Sala Mejuri. You got to pick one of them. Okay. Go. Do I have to? Do I have to drop the other one? Like this? Yep. The other one? Yeah. You got to. You got to drop the other one. Jeff Withy is a non-guaranteed oh, contract. Salas is guaranteed right now, but it's only like one point three million. I could see the Mavericks either stretching that or just waving him straight up, or you know something. I, I think that they're gonna. <laughs> think that they're going to make a decision because Isaac and I have talked about this. The ripple effect of sitting Nerlens Noel or benching him is that Dirk is now your five. Nerlens is coming off the bench. You also have Powell off the bench. He's looking like he's going to play majority of the time at four, but you also have Harrison Barnes is going to play, you know, a ton of time at four. You have Dorian Finney-Smith that you might want to play at four sometimes. You have yeah, yeah. Uh, Maxi Kleber that you probably want to, you might want to play at four if he ends up making the team. Then you have, you know, <laughs> Salah and Withy, if you want to keep Withy too, then all of a sudden you're like, you have all these big guys, and you literally have three guys on your bench that can only play center in Nerlens, Withy, and Salah, and can't play any other positions. Like, you're not going to play them at any other because you just have a log jam at every other place besides wing, and neither of them are going to play yeah. wing. Brandon Ashley is a four or a five on, on most lineups. He's never played three in his life, and he's playing majority of three. <laughs> Majority and of the time two, he's man. playing three. Yeah. Uh, so, so question. You so gotta question keep, you gotta was keep if one of them, and you got to get rid of one of them. I don't know if that's okay, exactly so, how it's going to play out, but you have to decide that now. Okay. So as of today, let me have let me have Withy, and let me get rid of Salva. Wow. For cold. That's cold blooded, right? There. Yeah. It's this is this is what have you done for me lately? And Withy hit three threes tonight. So clearly he's the no. I'm just joking. He's not the clear choice. But I, you know, if if what you look in, you look at Salamajri's kind of skill set and what he brings to the table. A lot of it is, you know, because he is so long and just so dang big. It's it's you know rim protection, shot blocking ability, but 
I think Withy brings that as well. And that if if he really isn't embedding himself and he can stretch it out and can shoot from three, then that's a whole different part of the game that Salah doesn't bring. And Salah doesn't bring a whole lot offensively instead of just kind of you know running down the lane, dunking and yelling at Greg Popovich. That's about <laughs> it. <laughs> Salah measures good at two things: defending the rim and creating chaos. Just going in, yeah. mucking everything up, and just like yelling at people, being confident, and just you know being. Oh Salah. yeah, no, I yeah, I love it. I love what he brings to the table. I you know I love the personality. You have to have personality for that haircut, but you know that's just it's just not my choice. So yeah, last year. Uh, and I can say this to you because Isaac hates stats. I even texted Isaac this stat, and he just texted me back stats in all caps, and uh, just didn't even care about it because he doesn't care. That's about why advanced that, stats. That's why he's that's why he's not doing the podcast tonight. <laughs> yeah, no, he, uh, he, just, he, he got had that up. other stuff going on tonight. But so I texted him this stat last year. Uh, there's you know percent of you know field goals defended, and it's. The field goals attempted on you within six feet, and what the percentage is, and I call it the the rim protection, you know, percentage. And so, yeah, that's fair. Leading the league last year was Draymond Green at forty four percent. I think next was no Joel Embiid was forty four percent. Next was Draymond Green at forty eight percent, and then okay. Gobert was at forty nine percent. Those are the top three. Man. Those are like the best in the league at defending the rim. Got it. Salah Mejri last year was 54%. So still really, really good. Yeah. 10, yeah. 10, you know, 10% away from, <laughs> from Joel Embiid, which is crazy, but only, you know, 5% away from Gobert, which is still crazy. Jeff Withies was 58. So, so not far behind. Not too far behind. It's still, you know, pretty average, not great, but, you know, it's, it's doable. If you're telling me that Jeff Whitney can give me 75% of the rim protection that Salah can give me, and he, he can step out and give me some threes every once in a while, yeah, 100%. 1,000%. Okay. So who would you go with? Who's who's your pick? Yeah, I, I'd go with Jeff Whitney. I thought the three thing was just going to be a like a novelty or just a, you know, a thing that we see him try and him miss a whole bunch. But if he's actually going to step out and really hit them and everybody's been saying that he can actually hit them in practice, then you have to, I mean, you have to go with him. I think that, you know, that is just too, it's just so crazy to come out of nowhere. He's literally attempted two real threes before this year. We just didn't know that this was a thing he could do. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. I don't have, I don't have the, you know, advanced stats, and I don't know Jeff Withy that well, but <laughs> it, I feel like I've studied it, this man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but if he, he's gonna, I mean, if he's gonna bring this to the table, you have to give a serious consideration to it because I think in many ways it's something that you want from Dwight Powell. It's something that Dwight Powell's been kind of developing in his game is that three point shot, and you know, we saw it in summer league. And we saw it at times and in flashes, but it just hasn't been a consistent part of the game. So if you can find another big man to step out, hit threes and spread a defense, the thing that the Dallas offense is so, you know, this Mavericks offense is so kind of, you know, known for is that they give you so many different looks and there's a lot of rotation within the offense. And so if you can add another piece, it's, you know, it's something that Ricardo is going to love. Jeff Withy, the last, you know, he's only played in the league four years. So this is his, you know, percentage of his field goal attempts that are from, you know, 16 feet or more. 
and 3%. He just has not even attempted long twos in the NBA. It's just insane the way that he has, you know, done this. And here's his field goal percentage by those, by 16 feet or or to the three point line. He shot 33% last year on them. And the year before he shot 22%. So So nothing even hints at this. No, nothing. It does not even make sense. I, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't have words, but it's just it's it's great. I love it. I'm into it. He took one three in college and made it. His senior year, he took one three and made it. He was a hundred percent from three in college. That that's what should have told us. That's what should have tipped us off. Yeah, we didn't look deep enough. We didn't go. Far, we didn't go back into the archives of uh, college basketball history and found Mister Withy. <laughs> we did not. We did go back and we looked at the Mavericks preseason games, the first couple. Josh, thanks so much for joining us. You can follow Josh at Josh underscore Dak. He is also on 105.3 The Fan Saturdays with the Sports Slap. Sports Slap. What time is that at? It is 2 to 6, or if we we were doing 2 to 6.30 with the Ranger games, but from what I know, it is going to be a uh, 2 to 6 show where you can find myself, you can find Jonathan Shipman, who's the board you know, producer for uh, the Ben and Skin show, and then Parker Hillis, who's the producer for KNC Masterpiece. So I am clearly the third ranked guy on this on this spot <laughs> or on the show because they're uh, they're very talented uh, young young voices, and so they're you know they're really awesome. So, Josh, you can also hear us on the Seeing Stars podcast semi yes. semi weekly. <laughs> Still doing it, yeah whenever we have time and would like to. So that's yeah. uh, that's where we're going to go with. We talk Mavericks. We talk Rangers. We talk uh, Cowboys a lot. We talk a ton of Cowboys yep. on there. Uh, we give 60 seconds of stars. So if you're into Dallas stars, check out our 60 seconds of stars segment. Every week we'll if bring you some stars. If you're into the WNBA, we cover that too. Oh, so we man, do some- we hit the Dallas Wings way too hard. It, it's, a, yeah. it's a secret obsession for me and Josh. Yeah. That's 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 the real reason we keep doing this thing. <laughs> All right, Josh, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you guys course, so much man. for listening, for subscribing to Locked On. Continue to uh, listen to the podcast. we got a lot of stuff going on every week. Josh and I, not Josh and I, Isaac and I are still trying to figure out uh, timing with game days and things like that and when we're going to record. But we'll get into a rhythm eventually, and we'll be getting you your podcast every single day. Guys, thanks so much for listening. Peace out. Boom. Actually, no, let's end this like seeing stars. Okay, you want to do it? All right, ready? Yeah. All right, guys, thanks so much for listening. For the Lockdown Maps podcast, I'm Nick Angstead. I'm Josh Stack. Boom. We'll see ya. Napa know how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99 cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know how. Napa know how. At participating Napa auto parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17